Well, as a church family, we fully support the ministry of the Gideons International. They believe in the power and authority of the Word of God, just as we do as a church. It is our privilege to have Bruce Chadwick with us this morning. Bruce is a Gideon from Saranac and has spoken here a number of times before. He has become a cherished friend of this church, and he is a wonderful man of God, and I praise the Lord for him. And he is going to share the morning message with us in just a few minutes. But before Bruce comes, I want to introduce Ralph and Jackie Snyder. And Ralph and Jackie, I'm going to have you stand. They've been with us a number of times also before. Ralph is the president of the Clinton County Gideons. He's a faithful man of God. And if you are interested in the Gideons ministry, he is the man that you want to talk to. And Ralph and Jackie and Bruce will all be out in the foyer after the service. Thank you. Bruce, I'm going to turn it over to you. Pastor, thank you so much for allowing uh, me to come back. I, I just love coming over here, and I don't know if you know how blessed you are with the music. It is wonderful. Uh, thank you for allowing me to participate in that this morning. You know about uh, the Gideon ministry. Um, so I don't need to tell you the things that you're reading on the screen there. You know that uh, our, our, our purpose is to win the lost for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we do that, but the question is, uh, besides what we do, why do we do what we do? And word, our pictures are much better at explaining this, and a video even tops that. So let's listen to why this one man was so tickled to receive a copy of God's Word. I started flying when I was 18 years of age. I came, out of, I came out of high school and I was in a local flying club and I learned how to fly out there. Because, of, because I was learning how to fly and I had a pilot's license, I was very rapidly recruited by the emerging Malaysia Airlines. But in the early days, that it was between in the early 70s, I was posted out to an eastern part of Malaysia. Uh, I remember staying at this hotel called the Park Hotel in Miri. I just happened to see this book. I said, what is this book doing up there on the shelf? I knew what the Bible was. I knew it was the book of the Christians. And I, something attracted me to read it. So I began to read on page one in the beginning, the book of Genesis. I read a few pages that evening and uh, it talked about creation. And this was all kind of new to me. No one ever told me of a personal God that created the heavens and the, and the earth. Our family professed to be Hindus. Uh, there's a lot of idol worship in Hindus, in the Hindu religion. Uh, there are many ceremonies, there are many superstitions, but not something that I could say, touch my heart or touch my soul in any way. So I picked up this Bible and continued to read from where I left. And then weeks passed, months passed, and I, every, way, every place I go to, to the Bible, I look around and the Bible was there. It was like a voice calling me and speaking to me. And particularly in the book of Isaiah, there was something else that caught my attention. When God called the worship of idols an abomination, I said, I've been worshiping idols. That's an, that's an abomination. But I had this conflict that was going on in my heart, reading this word, 
the conviction that the Bible was revealing to me. Then he came to a head on the, in, on the night of August 7, 17th, 1980. Clearly remember the date. That was the date that my daughter was born, Rachel. Yes, when I was walking up and down this corridor uh, in this hospital, there, was, there were these large bay windows that looked out towards the mountains. It was a very clear night, and I began a conversation with the Spirit. And by now, I know that his name was called the Lord. Lord, here I am in the middle of the night. I've been reading your word. Is this all true? Are you speaking to me? And God began to speak to me. There was no thunderous voice in the heavens. There was no flash of light. This quiet voice told me that he's my father. <laughs> I said yes to the Lord that night. And I received him in my heart. Next morning at eight o'clock, Rachel, our baby, was born. And I proclaimed that morning, Lord, it's for me and my household. We will serve you. And let this be to the glory of God. Let it be a message to the Gideons. So shall my word go forth and not return to me void. But it shall prosper in the thing whereunto it was sent. And here I am telling you that word continues to prosper in the uttermost parts of the earth. I love that testimony. It, it, it talks about the fact that God's word does not need man to interpret it and so forth. Remember what Paul said? Uh, he said, I planted. He planted God's word. Someone else came along, and in Paul's case it was Apollos. But who is it that gives the increase? God gives the increase. And that's what this ministry is all about. You see, we truly are partners with you as we reach around the world to hand out scriptures to allow God's spirit then to speak clearly and uh, strongly to those who would receive his word. We currently are, are operating in 120 or 201 countries. And in fact, if uh, you remember, it's been 200 for some time. This past year, this past month, we actually added one more uh, country to our list, and it's not coming up here, but it doesn't matter. It, um, there, there it was, <laughs> Tuvulu. Um, and Tuvulu is a small island country east of uh, the, uh, Australia, and we're just thankful that uh, that country's been added, and we uh, seek to hand out scriptures around the world, our goal this year, Lord willing, would be 102 million scriptures in one year. And God will have to bless in order for us to do that. That's a huge undertaking, but we're trusting that he will bless us with that. Now, where do we go with God's word? You see them, um, you saw it listed there. This technology is getting away from me. No, it's this next one. Um, we go places where it's difficult for uh, the local church to go, but we go to places where people are hurting or people are needing a copy of God's word. And 
as we do that, um, we look for places like close by here, Michigan State. In fact, Ralph knows that we will be at Michigan State as part of a uh, emphasis on the Lansing area in April. And what we've done is we've drawn a circle around the Lansing area, and that's our target area. And you'll notice in the upper part of that is St. John's. So as part of that, we will be working to place scriptures in and around here in the areas that you saw in that previous slide. But on the Wednesday in uh, April, we especially covet your prayers as we will be sending men and women onto the campus of Michigan State University. And Lord willing, we would hand out eight or as many as 10,000 scriptures in about a four-hour time period to the students at Michigan State. So please keep uh, that in, in your thoughts and prayers as that uh, gets closer to us. We are blessed to be able to hand out scriptures in a hundred different languages, uh, printed copies of God's word, but we have something new, and you may have uh, heard about that. It's called Bidian, the Gideon Bible app, and my phone is out in the car, or I would press a button, and I would pick a country like Angola, and I would pick a language to, uh, to have played on that uh, phone, I'd press the button and either Matthew 1 or Genesis 1 would start to be heard in that language. And in fact, there are over 1,200 different languages available on that Bible app. I was on a campus in Washington, uh, the state of Washington, when a, a young man walked up and he didn't have a firm grasp of the English language but I was able to get him to understand, uh, because it, these students all have smartphones, I, would, I walked him through loading that app on his phone, and the we pressed the country, we pressed the language that he spoke, we pressed play, and he heard Genesis 1. And this smile came on his face because he was hearing God's word in his own language. What a joy that is, and what a powerful tool that Bible app is. And those of you who have, have that um, capability on your phones probably know how to load an app like that, and I would encourage you to do that. This past June, I was blessed to go down to Brazil as part of what we call an international uh, scripture blitz. And all that that is is an opportunity for men um, Gideon men from literally around the world to go to one spot for a, either a one-week period or a two-week period to help the local Gideon uh, and auxiliary, the wives of Gideons, with their distributions. And so off to a tough place to go to, Rio de Janeiro. Uh, tough, it's, what a beautiful, beautiful place it is, but what a needy place it is spiritually. Uh, we had some challenges and we had some wonderful opportunities as we went there. Uh, the team of 22 fellas actually did come from around the world. We had one from Norway, one from Australia, one from South Africa, and a couple of other countries, plus the United States. We traveled uh, overnight to get down there. We met. We had just a wonderful time as we got to know each other. Uh, most of us didn't know any of the other ones that were going to be part of this team as we meshed with the local Gideons there. On uh, Sunday mornings, we uh, always will go into a local church, 
Each one of us teamed with an interpreter, unless we happen to speak that local language. I don't speak any Portuguese. Mi español es muy poquito. Uh, Spanish is very small. But what a wonderful reception um, we have as we go to the local church and share what God's doing through the placement of his word. And in, in those particular cases, we are able to tell them what we're going to be doing in their area in the following days and ask for their prayer support as well. In the top picture there, you see the pastor actually presenting me with the Bible, and I'm the one bringing Bibles to uh, Brazil, but what a blessing it was to uh, uh, meet and greet with him. In the bottom picture, um, it, the whole church had been invited to come up, and the leadership laid hands on uh, me and the Gideon with me, and they prayed for us as we were beginning our time in Brazil. That was truly a blessing. And then on the Monday, we get up early. Uh, we're up by 5 o'clock. We're meeting for prayer at 5.30 so that we can be ready to go out on the streets by 6. Because of traffic and so forth, you need a little extra time to get to the distribution points. Stopping at the warehouse. And you see in the, that picture um, probably as many scriptures as we will hand out um, in Michigan in a whole year. And we're going to hand out that many and more in two weeks' time as we're blessed to go into the, the schools and so forth in that country. Let me tell you about Fabio. Fabio um, probably represented the song that we heard you sing because uh, he knew the way. His father was a pastor. Um, he knew about Jesus, but he had walked away from that, uh, that lifestyle. And as he came up to me, uh, he knew who I, or he didn't know who I was, but he knew who I represented, the Gideons International and Jesus Christ. And so as we talked, I offered him another testament because he didn't have a Bible with him uh, at the college. But as, uh, as we talked, he recognized that he needed to renew his relationship with Jesus. And he also wanted to strengthen that relationship with his father. So I prayed, he prayed, and he walked away with a copy of God's word. But I believe that he, he in fact, had been, was ready to turn that paintbrush back over to Jesus so that Jesus' will could be done in his life. That was just one of the first testimonies uh, that I was privileged to participate in. Um, and then Jonathan. <laughs> I was standing on another uh, college campus when Jonathan walked up with this great big smile. He had received a scripture. Some Gideon had planted it. Someone else had come along and watered that soil. God had given the increase and had brought Jonathan to him. But Jonathan had a burden for his father's salvation. And so he asked for a copy of God's word that he might be able to give it to his father so that he might come to know Jesus Christ. I don't know the end of that story, but I know that God's word does not return unto him void, as you heard in the video. And we're, we're trusting that, uh, in fact, that uh, Jonathan's father has come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a result of that. While in, in Brazil, we, we went on this one street that was about a mile long 
with military bases or, or sections all along that mile. And we would go in through a, a gate and have an opportunity to hand out scriptures to the military. And in the, the picture there, you'll see, which one is it? Um, the chaplain, actually, the, for this whole section of military bases, walked with us during that whole mile. And when the, the head chaplain walks into a, an area, the, the, those who are under or his uh, authority certainly listen. And that was our experience as we went along that mile, handing out thousands of scriptures. And our prayer is that those young men and the women that received them are reading those scriptures, because many of them are in danger's way, just as our military are uh, that receive a copy of God's word. We still do that here in the United States as well. Getting the right one. Later the day, on the day that we went to the military, we went to this university you see in the picture. And I draw your attention to the boxes there on the left side. There are about 4,200 scriptures in those boxes. And then on the other side of that entrance area, you see another 1,200 or more. And I bring that number up because in the next uh, three hours after I took that picture, all of those scriptures, plus more that were stacked to the left of this picture, would be distributed to the students as they came into that college. Now what makes that number, about 6,500 scriptures, significant? That number's significant because as many scriptures as, as this local camp here in St. John's and Clinton County is able to distribute, the opportunities overseas is amazingly larger because you see we handed out in about three hours time the same amount of scriptures that the Clinton camp will do this whole year. That's the amazing opportunity that we have as we go around the world. I spent literally two hours of my time with a knife opening boxes and preparing the scriptures to be handed out by those I think we had about 12 men and women working with us during that time. I've never worked so hard in my life <laughs> to copy or to cut those boxes open and have them ready. What a, what a true blessing that was. And I wanted to share this one. Um, you see, this picture in the upper left-hand corner is a picture of a uh, commander in a training police facility. We went to that facility early in the morning to meet with the, those that were coming on duty for their training so that we could hand them a scripture. And as we met with the, the commander of that police um, training facility, it was obvious that man was troubled. Uh, he, you could just tell it in his demeanor. And after the distribution, we went back to him and we asked, could we pray with you and for you? And he says, oh, yes, would you do that? And then he explained, you know, I live in Brazil. And Brazil, when we were there, actually, had just voted out of office their um, president of their country due to corruption and so forth. He said, I live in Brazil, a corrupt, corrupt country. I work in a city that is 
is controlled by the mafia, the, the drug lords, and so forth, it is just dangerous for me to be sending my trainees into some of these areas in my city. And thirdly, he said, and family life is awful. He said, this city needs a copy of God's word. So we did pray with him. And at the conclusion of that prayer, that dear brother, a commander of a police training facility, had tears coming down his eyes. And so I ask that you, you pray for that situation down there because it is, it's difficult uh, for what they do. That's, that afternoon, after we had been at that training facility, we were assigned to go to a particular school, which was on the fringe of an area where there was a lot of drug activity. We, didn't, we weren't overly concerned. We were at a school, just standing in front of it, waiting for the kids to come out. But we noticed something going on. We couldn't quite figure out what it was until the local um, school people came out and said, well, this morning there was a fight. And one of the um, people, one of our students, was beaten up pretty badly. And those people across the street are waiting for school to get dismissed because they're going to take out their revenge on whoever it was that beat up this other kid. So that's the context. And I took the picture that you see um, of the front of the school. On the back side of me, about three blocks removed, was the edge of this drug area uh, that the police didn't even want to go into. So that's how close we were. Well, the dear brother that um, was with me, we'll see if this, can you advance that? Uh, the dear brother that, uh, uh, there's the picture of the barrio that I was describing. It just, the police did not want to go up in there. Next picture then. And the, so one of our Gideons, a dear brother from, from Kentucky, Bobby Mills, said, I've got to go talk to that family. He didn't speak Portuguese, but one of the guys that was with us said, I'll go with you. So they took a handful of scriptures, went over to that group of young people, and you can't tell it in there, but the sister of the fella that uh, was, bro was beat up was in that group. And in her hand, she has a copy of God's word. And we're praying that God's word did not return unto him void. Now, the, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story is, the mother arrived on the scene of the young man that was uh, beaten up. She went into the school, got things smoothed over and so forth. The kids all came out, we did our distribution, and we, we left. So we were not exposed to a, a, a major altercation. And then the last one I would share on, on that trip, Luis. Luis is, is a young man who knows everything and knows nothing. He and I had about a 45-minute discussion. I told him about Jesus. I, told, I handed him a scripture. He spoke very good English, by the way. Went through the plan of salvation in the back, telling him, God loves you, but we're all sinners. There's a remedy for that sin. That remedy is Jesus Christ. You can ask him into your heart right now. He understood all of that, but his, his response time after time was, ah, it's all very complicated. And he would tell me about all the religions of the world. I don't know what happened or has happened to Luis since I was there, but I know because of your support, he has a copy of God's word in his hand. And we're trusting that it's going to accomplish exactly what um, God
God would have accomplished. The need, the need is great. We have so many opportunities. For every three hands that reach out for a scripture to take one, we can only fill two. That's just the reality. Brazil, this year, Lord willing, will hand out about 8 million scriptures in one year. The United States hands out about 11 million total. India would hand out 20 million scriptures this year. They hand out now more than we do in the United States. So the opportunities are there. It's just we just don't have all the resources that uh, we need to, to carry out this ministry. So how does your church help? Well, one, you pray, just pray generally. God will answer specifically. Pray that um, God will keep these doors open. Every time a door closes in the United States, I grieve over that, but God opens a door someplace else for those scriptures to go to. We have lots of scripture doors open. We just pray that uh, they will continue. And God does answer prayer. This was uh, out in Seattle, Washington. See the picture of that young man? We were at uh, this, this particular college campus, uh, the Green River College, and we had just been on some other college campuses, they'll go unnamed, where the reception wasn't that good. If, if we could give out 10% of the scripture, of the people that were coming by us, 10% would accept it. We, we thought we were doing well. We got to this particular school and 70% of the kids were taking them. So what's the difference? Well, later in the afternoon, we um, came face to face with a, a fella and Pat Corkery's talking to him, the fella on the left, this is a bivocational pastor who is one of three of the uh, directors for all of the buildings and grounds at this university. And he was explaining to Pat that two weeks before we came, and he didn't know that we were coming, he said he and the other two uh, directors said we need to go building by building by building and pray for God's hand on the students here. Our distribution rate on that campus was 70%. Unreal. And I believe that it was because of the faithful prayer of that pastor. Not, he didn't know we were coming, but he just knew what the need was. So we covet that type of prayer. Um, how else does your church help? Well, you know what? Fields are white unto harvest, but the laborers are few. Ralph is here, and he would love to uh, talk with you. And I think Chris um, Bauk is here someplace. Chris, where are you? Yeah, Chris is over here. They would love to talk with you about not how hard it is to be a Gideon, but the opportunities there are in being a Gideon to get out and witness or share God's word as God would lead you to do that. So I ask and encourage you to speak with Ralph or uh, Chris, and they would love to share with you about the opportunities that we have. Uh, it's down in Venezuela, and I really got to hurry up here. Um, it was a tough uh, a meeting that I was attending. In fact, one of the fellows that was at that meeting, you see the red arrow pointing at him, he had come to, to resign from Gideon's. It was just too much. He was the, one of the few Gideon's left in his, we call it a camp area. And but as a result of the meeting, he says, well, maybe I'll stick with it. The next day, 
I was assigned to go to a church uh, to speak. I went to the church. The fellow that was uh, going to quit the day before came with us. And at the end of the service, <laughs> the pastor, and you see the pastor preaching passionately in Spanish there, he said, I've got some men that I want you to meet. And so we sat down with them. And it turns out that that man, that pastor, had encouraged five men in that circle that you see there to consider being part of the Gideon ministry. And at the conclusion of that meeting, the fellow that was going to quit the day before had five new Gideon brothers who were going to be working with him. And I praise God for that. Um, if you're not interested in being a Gideon, uh, Ralph and Chris can talk to you about a program we have called Friends of Gideon, and I just don't have time enough to talk with you about that. It's a, it's a new program that just allows you to partner up with us without being a member, and there are some benefits for, from that. Whenever an offering is taken up, $1.20 will purchase a scripture and place it any place in the world. Or $120 will buy a box, like you saw in the uh, pictures that I was sharing. You can use the Gideon card program. There's a, uh, a display of cards. I have a card in my hand, and normally I would give this to the, your pastor, thanking him for his service. But last night when I was preparing this, I just had it in my mind and heart that this time I need to give it to the pastor's wife. So, Pastor Tim, I'm going to give this to you, but I'm going to ask you to give it to Lori because we are placing two Bibles in recognition of her service to you as a congregation as well as her support for you, Pastor Tim. So, you, by, you get a little bit of that glory, but, <laughs> but I really want to thank our, our pastor's wives because it's not easy. One of our sons is a pastor. And then last year, those of you who were here um, got to hear Sterling Gatling. Uh, some of you will remember Sterling. Sterling passed away in July, very unexpectedly. He had been at our international convention working. In fact, on the last night of the international convention, Sterling was the moderator for that meeting. He came home on Sunday. Monday, he wasn't feeling well. Tuesday, he was going to the doctor, and he had something, a stroke or something, and passed away on Thursday morning. As a result of, of his passing, though, and the Gideon Card Program, hundreds of Bibles have been purchased and placed in honor and in recognition of this dear, dear brother, and we miss him uh, desperately. He meant a lot in our lives. So, I started by saying... Uh, just reminding you of what we do, you see it there. Why we do it is critical. Why we do it is all about God's kingdom building work, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And I've got a video that I'm not gonna show you. If you wanna see it, Ralph will come back and show this video. Um, it's, it's about a young man on a submarine who received a copy of God's word and how his life was changed and what that young man is doing today over in Grand Rapids at Calvin College. That's a teaser. So let me just conclude by saying each of the pictures that you see in this, uh, these four pictures represents a story of God's word being distributed. 
you as a faithful supporting church of Gideon's International are a part of what you see happening, even though you don't know the particulars of the stories there. You are important to that. And I am here this morning to say thank you so much. May God continue to bless you as you reach out here, but also as we reach out around the world. Remember what one act says? It says you are to be witnesses right here in St. John's, in Michigan, the United States, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, that's not exactly what it says in, Saint, in, the, in that scripture, but it's close. So God bless you, and Pastor Tim, thank you again so much.